Narrow recording. Now recording. Just had to make sure that no matter what, uh, someone has to cut out me saying now recording. Of course, of course. Ahem. Ahem. <laughs> Are you high? <laughs> Welcome to the Issue Crew, the podcast where we all have issues with our lives and with each other. I am your More host, so with each other. <laughs> joined, of course, by the one, the only, Demi Gloom. Hi, I'm Demi Gloom. What's up? Hey. Hi. <laughs> uh, so, why are you high? Why are you doing a podcast high? Because I always do that now. That's my, that's my secret, Captain. <laughs> are you always high when you record? Pretty much. Uh so when you're like high, like Anne's tired is when like you're insufferable. Yes. And you're very much both of those things right now. Oh yeah. Big time. Do you really just like wish you could just like go to sleep right now? Like, is that what your brain is telling you to do? You know, I don't think I would do that. Even if given the chance. You were. You were just given the chance. Even if given the chance, which of course I would never be given the chance. Yeah. Um, I I probably would just go VC with my Discord friend Crow Royalty and stay up way too late that way. So I might as well be productive about it also. Okay. Um, should we just get right into the meat and potatoes of this episode? All right. What is it? Tell me, Demi Glow. Uh, this is going to be... Uh, well, originally... So originally, this was going to be the Demi Gloom solo episode, where I guess the prospect of me doing a podcast all by myself seems pretty ridiculous, but a lot of people do that. Like, it's a pretty normal thing to have a solo podcast. I don't understand how people can do that, personally. No, that seems pretty crazy to me. Like, when me and Riley do Omnitrix Radio, we already, like, with two people, have trouble staying on track. We We have trouble staying on track with six people on the issue crew. No matter how many people, we have trouble, like, you know, keeping the ball rolling and just with one single person. But I don't know. I've never tried it. Maybe maybe I'd be pleasantly surprised. Maybe I'd actually be really good at that and it would be easier because I don't have to, like, navigate anybody else's conversation. But regardless, I was going to do uh, Demi Gloom versus the Issue Crew, where I just sit here and one by one insult the Issue Crew hosts. Um, and say what I don't like about him because I do have legitimate grievances with every single issue crew host uh, except for Andrew and I guess Random Candor. Don't have any grievances with Andrew? Andrew's the perfect boy? I mean like not really. Let's you know fuck it we're, we're jumping right into this. We're starting with Andrew. All Andrew right. is Okay, no, no, no. Okay, I do have grievances with Andrew. I can talk about him. Uh, he's <laughs> not. He's not on the show like ever. Uh, he was on the show for like two weeks in a row. <laughs> that that's, that's an accomplishment on your own yeah. podcast. Um, yeah. Considering that it used to be just you and Andrew, though, it's a it's a real fall off, in my opinion. 
That's true. But he was like a little boy back then, so he didn't have any like scheduling issues. Yeah, and you're you're and you're still a little boy. Uh, yeah, I'm still a little boy to this day, and Andrew isn't. That's the secret. Yeah. He was he was the big guy and I was the little guy the whole time. Uh he's uh he's grown up and he's isn't he like driving and shit now? Yeah. I'm not even driving, and I'm the most mature person in the issue crew. Oh, it's okay, buddy. Are you doubting that I'm the most mature, with the exception? Okay, with the exceptions of random Candor and Mo Diggity, I think I'm the mm. most. Uh, no. I think there's a case to be made. I don't think. I don't think anybody is mature on the show. Actually, you're probably right. Like we're all very, we're all extremely immature in different ways. I'm extremely immature in the sense that I hold grudges and am competitive, and I like really childish stuff. And I am very like sentimental about like friendship and stuff. I value the things that a child values, to say the least, which yes. is an incredibly immature thing. Um, Jason is immature in the sense that he's a uh, fucking squeebos trying to call me a little too late, buddy. Too little, um, too late. Jason's immature in the sense that he's a fucking selfish bastard. Um, he doesn't care about anyone except himself. He's anti-politics, and he's like, yeah, I, I don't understand why people care about uh, race and gender and stuff like that. Uh, you know, as a, as a white man, I don't understand why anybody would care about those things. Uh, he's stupid. He's dumb. He doesn't know anything about politics. He doesn't care about politics when he should. Um, he fancies himself I, I, like... Sorry. Has it been a problem the whole time? I think my, maybe it was. Oh my fucking God, tell me, dude. I keep, I keep like forgetting to tell you because I don't want to like interrupt you. And then I forget. And then I'm like, oh, there okay. it is again. <laughs> so obviously, Jason doesn't care about politics, which is whatever. But like he, he, he like thinks he's like... I don't know, bro. He's he tries to get all philosophical sometimes and he's just he's just not good at it. He's just he's just he's just I don't agree with him. So he's stupid. Yes. You know? Of course. Like he he just like the thing so okay, so here's my actual problem with Jason is he he pretends to be like apolitical and like he doesn't care about politics and then he says things like, "Yeah, I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't understand how uh I don't understand how people let their kids be trans when that suicide rate is so high. It's like you fucking just do I even need to explain why that's the dumbest fucking thing a human being could ever say? Yeah, you know, I wonder if those numbers might be correlated in some way to that to that exact <laughs> yeah, issue. Exactly. Um, yeah. I'm not even going to elaborate. That's he's just he's just stupid. He's bad, okay? He he watches a movie on his fucking telephone, you know? That is really stupid. <laughs> um he also doesn't like Family Guy, which is like obviously one of the greatest uh, you know, pieces of animation of our generation. Yeah, who, who among us does not appreciate Family Guy for the wonderful laughs and jokes it brings to the hearts and minds of people everywhere. I'm sorry, it laughs? Are you are you hey, implying? No, 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 it's not funny. It's a very serious show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a comedy. It's a tragedy. It's a very <laughs> dramatic. It's it's an amazing. Uh, it's great storytelling. It's it's the best uh, piece of fiction ever conceived. True. 
right next to uh, Catcher in the Rye, and is tied with The Walking Dead as my favorite TV series of all time. Ah, oh, oh, that was a bit. That was a bit that people will get. I hate The Walking Dead. Ah, uh, you don't get it. You don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. You don't. You don't get the the Monkey Jones reference I just made. Wait, what? I made a Monkey Jones reference. Yeah, no, I didn't get it. What was the first anime review? What was it called? I remember the show. Um, Girls Bravo. Yeah, Girls Bravo. I was going to say Yamada's first time. That wasn't the first one. That was the third Um, one. Yeah. Uh, Girls Bravo. He was like, Girls Bravo is like, in conclusion, it is tied with The Walking Dead as my favorite TV series of all time. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) It's really funny. Um, Okay. Yeah, immature. Like, Mo Diggity is immature in the the classic. uh, He's a grown man who like is into like kid shit i mean he streams he fucking streams call of duty on twitch or on youtube now like come on come on that's yeah. that's that's the definition of immature it's pretty bad your image do i even need to explain why you're immature oh i'm not immature i'm fine riley i'm a cool dude with attitude. riley doesn't have a driver's license because yeah. he's lazy no, it's because I'm terrified. You, you're actually. Why are you scared of driving? I, I don't trust myself to do that. It's really ironic because I, I am refusing to get a license too, so I really can't say shit. But I genu- I genuinely believe that you use fear as like an excuse. I think I think deep down inside you just don't feel like it. Like I think you know that like everybody drives and that it's actually not going to be. Like it's not going to be scary that you're you like the rest of the human population is are are capable of driving. No, because I feel like I have a legitimate mental illness where I'm not aware of my surroundings as much as I should be. <laughs> so you're not I, you're not felonious, Ferris. Okay, I don't know. The world that's, around me just doesn't feel real sometimes, and that's a problem. <laughs> Okay, ask yourself this. Do you ever, does the world around you ever feel like so unreal that you just like walk into people? Yeah, just sometimes. like bump into shit? <laughs> okay, then never mind. You're fucking insane. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you like actually disassociate like just randomly like that? Yeah. Like so much so that you, you your brain just goes into like GTA 5 mode? Pretty much. <laughs> How? I don't know. Sometimes it's just like sometimes I'll just be walking down the sidewalk and then the world just kind of goes away for a minute. For how long? I don't know. I can't I can't quantify a time to it. Or like it'll be like my, my entire like brain is kind of locked on what's in front of me and just like it won't acknowledge what's like beside or behind me. Um, I'm kind of like that like Okay, I do, I do struggle with uh, disassociation, but like I'm able to control it very well, and I'm able to like acknowledge that I'm disassociating and you know, uh, not run into things. But like, I don't, I don't even know what to say, bro. That's fucking insane. Yeah, I guess don't drive. Never mind. Yeah, no. No, but not driving isn't what makes you immature. What makes you Im- you know what? Fuck it. We're starting. We're. I'm starting off with you. Okay. That we started off with Andrew. Oh yeah, that's right. I have to talk about Andrew. 
Fucking Andrew, he's never here. Okay? He's not here enough. And he's just not like... He's not the best podcast host. I don't know what else to say. He's kind of just like... uh, He's kind of just like there. You know? He doesn't really add a whole lot to the conversation. He doesn't talk like incredibly often. If he's on an episode with like three or more people, he barely talks at all, actually. He'll just like throw in like one-liners every now and then. Or like allude to something and like not elaborate. He'll be like, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, but uh, I have a, an experience with this realm. And it's like, okay, <laughs> cool. He does, does he not do that? I d- Maybe he does. You're too tired to know whether or not your friend yeah. you've sat through hundreds of hours of recording sessions with does that ever. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't remember. Every week I sit down with Andrew. It's a new experience. Don't remember anything about him week to week. It's, yeah. uh, it's always a new adventure. But yeah, I don't know. But other than that, like he's as a person, I have a lot of respect for him. And he's he's doing the things he needs to do. And he's seems like he's living a somewhat desirable life. I know he was like fucking like actively suicidal when I first met him and it doesn't fuck seem like that that's bitch. the case anymore. Fuck, fuck all y'all bitches out here getting jobs and shit. It's bullshit. You have a job. Yeah, but like my job is easy to schedule around. So is Yours mine. Isn't. My job is very easy to schedule around. I have Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, I can do things or sorry, Sundays, Mondays and Tuesdays, I can do things. And any other day, I can't do things. That sucks. Pretty simple. How many days a week are you available to do shit? Uh, well, I mean, like, I guess a lot of them are already filled with podcast stuff. But in terms of, like, the capability of doing that, like, I can make myself available any evening, any of them. <laughs> Yeah. Any evening to ever exist. Um, and no, also, it's true that. Go on. And also some mornings. When what? When you fucking call in? No, when I it when it's Saturday or Sunday, oh, and I'm okay, off work. Okay. Um. Yeah. No, my hours really fucking suck. Um. I wish I could. I want to work seven to four. Those are my dream hours. Because I wake up at, because like, wait, okay, waking up super early in the morning is fucking depressing no matter what, right? That shit sucks. Like, particularly like, like, and when I say that, I mean like waking up super early, like just to, like you wake up, uh, get dressed, take a shower, whatever, and then go straight to work or school or whatever the fuck you have to do. And, you know, that's all you do. But like, getting home at, 4 p.m. and being able to do shit is like the bomb. Uh, getting home at 7 p.m. and basically going to fucking bed when I get home is really sad and it sucks. You see, that's where you go wrong. You gotta, once you get home from work, get on the internet. <laughs> that's how you That's how you live a good life. Yeah, but I can't. Once I get home from work, it's like 7. Okay, so, okay, so 7. Yeah. But like at 7... I have chores at my house, right? So, and I have to I have to eat dinner and do chores, and it's also a 15-minute drive from my work to my home. So, like, adding that all together... Are you paying rent now? No. Okay. 
I'm not paying rent because I'm saving. I was gonna. I was gonna say stop eating dinner with your family, but I guess if they're living, letting you live there rent free. Well, I'm not even just eating dinner with my family. Like I'm. I don't even eat dinner with my family on work nights. Usually, I eat like I heat up leftovers, but I am eating and I am doing like after I eat, it's my job to clean up the kitchen. So basically, like by the time I'm done with all that, it's like nine p.m. or like eight eight something. And by eight something, like I can I can like hop on my laptop for like an hour, but I have to go pretty much to bed. Or at the very least, like lay down in bed like with my phone. But like I have to like settle down. I can't like do content or really do much. Basically it it really feels and time flies by so fast too. It like it really feels like I just I'm always at work, except for my days off. Yeah, I don't know. Work work has been a challenge lately. Like, just motivating myself to get there is a rough time. I'm considering maybe just lying to my employer and saying, like, my availability is going to change. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should um, work 7 to 4. Because when I get home at 4 p.m., I, I have, like enough time to like literally like record a podcast or like do something fun or even just hang out with my family and like do something. But like when I get home at seven, it's just, I do my chores and then that's it. And I basically have to go fuck myself. I'm glad you, I'm glad you got a day shift job. Cause I know you said you wanted night shift and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And you were like, fuck you, Riley. <laughs> so <laughs> I did want night shifts. I still would prefer night shifts. Or I would prefer night shifts or like morning shifts. I hate afternoon or, you know, like 10 to 7. It's fucking sad. Are you working nine hours? Uh, I have an hour lunch break, unpaid oh, lunch. Okay. I have a 30 minute one, but I could, I could, I could work eight hours, but I work seven instead because I like living. Okay. So you you work eight hours counting your break? No, I work seven hours counting my break. So you work for six and a half hours? Yes. Okay, well, that's the difference between you and me. I like and you're the one you were the one who was telling me when I worked at McDonald's like McDonald's like, yeah, you you don't have a real job. When I was working like Yeah, because you were working like twenty hours? <laughs> no. Well, were you when working? I, when I first started, I was working forty eight hours a week. I, was I, never, eight I hours. never told you those weren't real hours. That's just, I no, never you said told me, that. No, you told me it wasn't a real job. Maybe I was like, Ooh, McDonald's, but like, I know you were working hours. I was working 48 hours a week. It was the most, I was like, probably more suicidal than I'd, no, that's not true. I was the most suicidal a little bit earlier than that. But that was like, the McDonald's arc was so depressing. It was such a terrible arc, dude. That was when... Uh, like Eloise happened in the midst of that. Fucking the Brony Initiation podcast was going on. Uh, well, that should improve your your. Outlook. It's not. I'm not saying that the Brony Initiation podcast improved or improved or didn't improve my outlook. But what I am saying is that, like, if you just like listen to that, you can just tell. You can just tell that I'm like not in a good space mentally. 
Yeah, you might be right. At that point in my life, I, I literally was delusional. Like, my perception of reality was completely fucked. At least as, as um, it pertains to my own life. I wasn't, like, uh, politically delusional or, like, socially delusional as far as, like, other shit is concerned. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't... It's, it's hard to explain. But, like, as far as, yeah. like, my own life went, like, basically, I was just... Anytime I, I could possibly be convinced that I was, like, inherently bad, like, that... Um, things were just inherently fucked up for me and that nothing could possibly change. My, my brain would take that as an opportunity to accept that. As far as other things went, uh, I was pretty pretty capable of critical thinking. But as it pertained to my own life, I was pretty much unable to even, like, not even just critically think, just think. Like, I just, reality was handed to me on a plate and that reality was, like, you are going to die tomorrow, basically. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah. Anyways. We talked about Andrew. Let's talk about you. Okay. The fucking head honcho. Okay. Fucking Riley. I'm not ready for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna get actually pissed. <laughs> two words for you. Can you take okay. a guess what the two words are? Fat. Oh no! Twice? <laughs> I don't know. Fat twice. <laughs> Fat twice. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't have any problem with fat people. I love fat people. Yeah, they're great. It's true. Um, I don't think that. All right, it's quality control, buddy. Oh my god. Do you think you do you do you Fuck believe off. do you not agree that you need to work on quality control? I think my quality control is just fine. I think there might have been a stage where it wasn't, but it's fine now. Oh god. So when you play Pokemon Showdown yep. <laughs> and have Jason trim it down. Uh-huh. But um, also, he can't cut out like 20 minutes of awkward silence because, because uh, it's very important uh, combat going on. Uh, you, think that, you, think that, you think that's good? You think that's good content? Yes. <laughs> you, you think people want to sit there It's not and just about the talking. Like, the talking is part of it, but it's a battle that's happening. And that is part of the entertainment. Do you think people want to sit there and like analyze like two amateurs? That's like play a, what, what is that? Pokemon? Like you add three extra minutes to the video compared to if you would cut all the awkward silence, but you don't cut important things that are happening in the battle. Like I told Jason every every time, and he never listens to me. Just like if a Pokemon switches or dies, don't cut that part out. Oh, okay, well then, okay, then maybe maybe the problem is fucking him. Him just being like, oh no, Riley says not to cut out anything. Uh, I guess I'm just not going to do my job. I don't know if I don't know if he's doing that. I don't I don't know. I I know Jason's obviously listening, and he's probably going to be like, no, that's not. You know, he's going to be. That's not what I said, bro. <laughs> that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Um, but yeah, I don't know, dude. Quality control, man. I don't think uh I think let's I think let's plays in general are kind of bad also. 
I think it's like the worst kind of content, honestly. It's no. very it's very lazy. You cannot deny that let's plays are lazy content. Well, I mean objectively. They're easy, I you, guess. You push you push oh, the record button while you do something that you do normally. Yeah. You're you're recording I think what you don't understand is the difference between entertaining for you there, like doing the stuff, versus entertaining for someone to sit there and watch. And perhaps you are an insane, obsessed fan who, like, you know, content creators you like, like, you'll just literally anytime they're in a Discord call and record it, you'll sit through it. That's not most people. Most people aren't like that. And you don't have, like, the devoted fans who are like that, who just want to sit there and listen to every single thing you have to say. I don't have devoted fans like that either. Um, maybe it's not even about devotion. It's just about the particular type of appeal that you have as a person. Like, it's hard to explain. You know, I don't think people want to sit there and listen to me just talking about like completely random shit while I play video games. Uh, people want to listen to me talk about like specific topics, usually whether they're about art or politics or whatever. Um, and I think that people are happy to listen to your perspective on things. People want to listen to you talk. People want to watch you do things. People want to watch you have fun, get into wacky circumstances. And when you're just playing video games and just recording that, that doesn't always happen. Uh, perhaps, but also you're wrong. Plus L. Yeah, that doesn't seem right to plus me. Plus ratio. <laughs> That's my, this is, alright, that doesn't seem right to me. That's my other issue with you. Is you like to have opinions on things you don't know about. Having the opinion comes first. And actually yeah. knowing what the fuck you're talking about comes after. Yeah, exactly. You know. Totally. Like your opinion on puberty blockers. What the fuck do you know about puberty blockers? Absolutely nothing. But in spite of the fact that the medical and scientific community have pretty much universally agreed that puberty, block puberty blockers are safe, that they're not experimental, that they are reversible, all these things, you're just kind of like, eh, but it, it doesn't seem right to me, you know? It just doesn't, doesn't seem, seem right. right. Why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you, why would you... That seems like a bad thing. Yeah, it's like your body's supposed to do a puberty, and then you stop it, and it's like, that doesn't seem right to me. <laughs> you know, well, that, that's like, if you broke an arm, or like, you cut yourself. So yeah, well, when you cut yourself, your, your, your body's supposed to bleed. Why would you put on, like, a patch to make that stop? You're stopping a basic bodily function, which is bleeding. Well, bleeding could lead to, to your dead. Going through a puberty... Which oh, causes irreversible. Yeah, but no, that's not a. No, it is. It's it not a direct causation. No, it one hundred percent is. There is an additional step that needs to occur. Either way, it's it's you're knocking down a tower. It doesn't matter which the first domino is. Okay, Demi or it doesn't. It doesn't matter about the middle dominoes. What matters is that the first domino is knocking everything over. Because to you, suicide is some sort of grand destiny that people have no nothing to do with their own choice that they made. 
Um, not the necessarily. No. Them fall in all in all circumstances, and that they were they they were fated to reach this to reach this conclusion. I'm not saying it's fate <laughs> or that it's delusion. What I'm saying is that there are object there's like an objective cause and effect to suicide, um, and not necess- maybe not even just to the suicide itself, but to one's decision to commit suicide. There are objectively actions and circumstances that dramatically, in almost all cases, increase somebody's likelihood of committing suicide. And I think that, as a society, uh, we have the social responsibility to uphold a basic standard of happiness for our citizens to the point where uh, large fractions of our population aren't killing themselves. If we have uh, a large fraction of a particular demographic, like, I don't know, maybe like a, like 40 one percent you know is like okay. trying to end their own life uh-huh um are we are we really just gonna be like yeah well i guess 41 percent of people made that decision and there's nothing we can do about it is that really gonna be our response no i mean i guess that there are things to there are there's things a systemic to issue it. here and here's the thing here's the thing is i'm not i'm not arguing that puberty blockers are a bad thing but we need to pursue them in spite of that because they're going to save people's lives um, puberty blockers, they don't cause harm. They aren't doing anything wrong. Uh, pu- puberty is... The puberty blockers are completely reversible, and they don't actually prevent somebody from having puberty. What they do is they delay one's puberty for a determined period of time. And the whole idea, right, about, like, the whole hesitance for people to accept uh, children pursuing a medical gender transition, right, or at certain ages, is that they're not old enough to make that decision, Right. But puberty blockers provide them with more time to think before the irreversible changes are done. Uh, it's a decision, nonetheless, to choose to go through uh, a puberty that is going to dramatically change your uh, both your physical appearance and, uh, by proxy, your relationship with society, your status. Uh, just a lot of your social standing is going to be dictated by this these uh, anatomical changes that are either both, um, it's the case with puberty and with like, uh, so like if I were uh, like pre-puberty, right? And I were making the decision, okay, well, I'm pretty sure I'm trans, right? But I'm also 12. So I'm not sure if I'm ready to make the decision to get on estrogen yet, right? Like we're not sure if I'm capable of understanding the ramifications of that and knowing if I'm truly trans. Well, I would say that um, if somebody is questioning their gender identity at that point, point in their age they're also not old enough to comprehend whether or not they want to go through that physical transition which is puberty which is equally if not or actually significantly more of a transformation process than uh taking like hormones right it's it's a significant puberty is a stronger more not mutating but like it's a stronger physical transition than taking hormones would be so in my opinion it's Taking hormones and going through puberty as your uh, sex assigned at birth are very similar uh, paths you can take that could both lead to very destructive outcomes. So, puberty blockers, that's where puberty blockers come in. Puberty blockers are simple, it's simple medicine that is able to delay one's puberty, uh, development of certain physical characteristics for a determined period of time so the child can make the decision. And know whether or not they want to go through puberty as their sex assigned to birth, or if they want to pursue hormone therapy, hormone replacement therapy. And there are no uh, 
clinically sufficient side effects that aren't like like there's nothing about purity blockers in particular that is uh dangerous in any way that isn't any any posable like risk that purity blockers have are risks that we accept like all the time for like general like medication and shit like if you give your kid like stomach medicine like you know literally like death is a potential side effect right but like we understand that it's such a small uh, minority of cases that overall it's a it's it's better to provide our population with this treatment than to deny it. And uh, puberty blockers are actually more safe than most medicine, and we're it, reach, we're reaching a point where we understand them well. It's not an experimental treatment, and we we know what it does, and we know that it's overall leading more people to be happier with their lives, happier with their bodies, and leading more people down a positive path. So I, at that, for that reason, I don't think that we need to restrict them just for some sentimental reason, which is like, yeah, kids are supposed to go through puberty because the kid will go through puberty. We're just, I think it's better to give them a certain amount of time to wait. And if you're questioning your gender identity um, at a young age, I don't think you should be on, you know, like when you're super young, I don't think, sorry, when you're prepubescent, I don't believe you should be making a hard decision either way, whether you want to pursue the medical transition and you know start living life as the opposite sex from that point on, or to go through your, uh, your designated puberty for your sex assigned at birth and in- undergo those transformations and potentially regret it. I think both of those paths lead to a potential regret and devastation, and puberty blockers are a way to ensure that you have the time to process and make the decision with an understanding of the long-term ramifications. So yeah, that's why puberty blockers are good. Uh, your response? I agree now. Did I just change your mind about puberty blockers? Yes. Let's go. How do you know I'm not lying, though? Uh, I don't. I'm just going to choose to believe you. No, like, you know that... The real answer is that you trust me, right? Yeah. I assume... Yeah, I've, obviously, I wouldn't maliciously lie about that. I care about trans kids, and because of that, I like I, I like I truly care about trans kids as a trans kid, and I would never, ever, ever, ever encourage people to do something that's like technically, you know, like pro-trans from a, a wokeness pers- perspective if it was actually going to lead to their harm. Like, I I just want the world to know that I'm being completely honest about this sort of thing. Unlike uh, people like Matt Walsh will tell you that we're just like, you know, opposing our agenda. Our agenda is the safety of trans kids, you know, the safety and freedom of trans kids. And our agenda is, hey, let's make sure that I don't want to say our agenda like it's mine. But I was just saying what you said. Um, the The agenda is to not have kids kill themselves, I think, is a lot of the agenda. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Um, suicide prevention. But like the suicide prevention is only a factor because trans people are so oppressed, like so badly. Um, even if trans people weren't oppressed, like necessarily, like if they wasn't for social ostracization, ostracization um, there's still like, obviously there's like the, the issue of gender dysphoria existing even outside of ostracization. Like there, I just... You know, trans people's safety is a concern to be held. Uh, the safety and freedom to the freedom to express yourself and pursue things, you know, that are going to, to, to freedom to express yourself and pursue life as the gender 
as your true gender identity, exhibiting the gender identity you wish to exhibit. And um, the only time I draw the line is when there's a safety concern. And the idea of the safety concern of medical medically transitioning is very inflated by conservative pundits. And I genuinely, you know, like people, people, um, people really think that we're just saying this to be on the right side of on what we view to be the right side of history. But in reality, it is out of care for trans youth and these children. And if these children uh, were being encouraged to do things that were bad, you know, that I think could lead to hurting them in the long term, I would happily go against the grain of what was like popular among my political affiliations. But yeah, I don't know why the fuck this turned into that. <laughs> Yeah, we still listen. Uh, listen, I want to be out of here by ten. We still got like six issue crew members to do. I think. Okay. You did Andrew and you did me. Okay, maybe we'll not do the former hosts tonight. I figured you had the most shit to say about Kathy and Hartsey. Yeah, <laughs> but we also don't have too much time. Um, That's fair. Let's see. Who could I go? Okay, so okay, I've done you, Jason. Andrew. You did do Jason and Andrew. So you gotta do Mo Diggity. Mo Diggity? Listen. I don't want to say Mo Diggity is stupid. Or Mo Diggity, or I hate Mo Diggity, or Mo Diggity's a bad person. But some of his fucking takes, dude, are so, so bad. Um, first of all, he's a libertarian, right? Libertarians are bad. Are they? Uh, yeah. Okay. So libertarianism in theory, libertarianism in theory is the practice of, uh, the pursuit of liberty, you know, freedom, uh, the end goal. Libertarianism is originally meant to describe the, the end goal of liberty, freedom, just a society in which people are free to do as they please, so long as they aren't hurting anybody. And for those reasons, uh, I do believe that the majority of people who identify as libertarians, unlike those who identify as Republicans or just generally uh, conservatives or fascists or you know anybody else on the right who I really have a grudge with, uh, I have I'm more charitable to libertarians because they I think they're much more likely to actually care about freedom and the betterment of humanity and society more so than Republicans who I think are fucking selfish assholes who just want to be <laughs> who just want to maintain their position in a hierarchy that's not to say libertarianism doesn't have similar consequences and conclusions to conservatism or like you know like traditional conservatism or authoritarian conservatism but um i do believe that people have better intentions and for that reason i have much more respect for people like mo diggity than i do people uh like i don't know Fucking Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, you know? <laughs> Matt Walsh. Yeah. What is a woman? Uh, I answered that question beautifully the other day, and I don't remember exactly what I said. I'm going to make it. Should I just make a video where it's it's just called, like, what is a woman? But I actually answer the question. That would have been so funny, like, seven months ago. Yeah. So great. <laughs> yeah. No, what is a woman is completely uh, irrelevant now. However, um... Yeah, so Mo Diggity, uh, Mo Diggity and my my good friend Squeebo have been having a beef on Twitter recently. 
And uh, he referred to uh, the trans and Ukrainian flags in my friend Squeebo's uh, Twitter username as meme flags. He was like, lol, meme flags in Pio. And I'm like, you know, that's not a really, that's not really okay to, uh, you know, reduce somebody's uh, fight for freedom and justice to a mere meme, you know? And I think just because you're on fucking Twitter all day and, you know, that's your perception of this flag, that's what you associate it with, that doesn't mean that's what it means to everyone else. And there is a legitimate meaning behind these flags. There's a legitimate movement. There's a legitimate fight being fought. And it's, in my opinion, is incredibly disrespectful and offensive to reduce the the meaning of these things, especially when literal lives are on the line, particularly in Ukraine. I mean, they're literally being fucking slaughtered by the hundreds and thousands to right now as we speak. And to refer to that fight as nothing more than a meme because, you know, you're on Twitter and the people you disagree with have that flag in your bio is incredibly disrespectful. Um, Bo Diggity also similar. I wouldn't say Nah, no, nah, I will say he has the same like content issue that you did like a long time ago. Like what I said about quality control with you, like I am being a little nitpicky. Like overall, I think your content is like fine. But as as uh, a friend and consumer, I do, you know, I do I do complain. I do take issue with certain things. And I don't think you're perfect. Um, Mo Diggity kind of. I don't think he has a great understanding of what is and isn't entertaining for the most part. I think as far as podcasts specifically go, he's very, very good at discerning what is and isn't an entertaining or uh, desirable conversation for someone to listen to. But at the same time, he is doing a pretty bad job at marketing himself. It wasn't until very recently when Jason started basically doing that stuff for him that I felt like his content was even digestible. Like, on Side, not Side Gaming, MoDiggity42, his main YouTube channel, which I guess is still technically his main YouTube channel, he would... It was, it was literally nothing but just, like, hours and hours of just unedited shit. Whether it was, you know, YouTube shorts or stream archives or whatever, it was just, like, nothing was, like, streamlined or made digestible in any way. And... Sometimes uh, I'm able to like sit through content like that, and but other times like it's just really overwhelming. And that was definitely the case with Mo Diggity. There was no consistency. There was no real marketing. There was nothing. Nothing was selling me. I just saw hours and hours and hours of unedited shit that didn't pique my interest. Um, that being said, the clip clip shows are the. I guess, stream edits that Jason does for him. I don't know what to call them, but Jason takes his live streams and like cuts them down into like 10 minute like gaming videos. I think they're they're pretty entertaining. And overall, I think those are pretty good. But I also don't really like the Mo Show. Uh, I think the Mo Show could just use a little bit more. I'd, I'd say production value, but what I really mean is production at all. The Mo Show's good, you bitch. While the conversations may be entertaining, again, it's it's nothing more when, you know, from the viewer perspective, from the perspective of somebody who's not already super invested in it, which is Newsflash, uh, everyone except maybe two people, because 
you have to market. You can't just expect people to come across it. Somebody To somebody who just comes across it, it's nothing more than hours and hours and hours of unedited uh, things that aren't like streamlined in a way to are categorized in a way that piqued my interest. So it's, again, it's not digestible. And while I think Modiggity is actually a great entertainer, generally speaking, he is not good at contaminating, how do I say contaminate? Containing his content in a way, or uploading his content, putting stuff out there that, you know, like I said, is digestible. Um, I think someone who does that very well is Jason. Jason is, out of anybody here, is the most digestible content creator because you know what to expect from him, but also he's... You know what to expect from JellyU, right? You know what to expect from a JellyU upload. Uh-huh. But he also... He also does shit that is... His videos aren't all the same. He has themes. He has uh, consistent shit going on. He has He has... Here's what I really mean. He has consistent appeal, consistent quality, and consistent control of what he does, but inconsistent subject matter, inconsistent uh, analysis, you know, inconsistent in a good way. Like, I should say, instead of inconsistent, I should say diverse. He has consistency and diversity in the ways in each context where they belong. Um, That's what I strive to do. However, um, I fail at that simply because of my sheer lack of content uh i don't upload like anything on my main channel meaning i really don't even have a a leg to stand on in this like competition but i will say i think i do a pretty good job with middle school gsa and uh, you know pretty much like middle school gsa is where i am able to fully have these content goals fleshed out and I think I do a pretty good job of it, and I think I have a good understanding of it. But in practice, I, I don't have the sheer like will, not even just will, but like time or dedication or drive, uh, really creativity. A lot of a lot of the basic things that are required for like being a YouTuber, I don't really have right now at this point in my life, and I don't think it's because I'm like inherently not good enough i think it's has more to do with the fact that i'm just not doing super hot mentally like ever i'm a mentally ill person uh and i'm also busy fucking there's a lot of there's a lot of adjectives i could throw out and a lot of excuses i could have but i will admit that my i do have issues as a content creator that juxtapose my ideal my ideals but as I said, everyone exhibits these things to varying degrees, and Jason is one that exhibits them to a great degree uh, in many ways that I think are perfect and digestible. And Mo Diggity, as I was talking about, does not. He's obviously getting better, um, ironically, because Jason is doing the stream stuff. But like the Mo Show... Uh, the MoCast. The MoCast doesn't have a profile picture, <laughs> you know, like, just, it just seems like, it seems like all the effort is going into the recording, you know, like, what happens, it seems like after everything's recorded, it just kind of just gets, like, just dumped onto some, you know, platform like YouTube, and 
No, no effort is done after like the recording is done. This is basically a solo episode, bro. You're not even talking. Is Riley asleep? Oh shit! Fuck. No. Were you muted? Oh yeah, headset issue. Okay. <laughs> Skill issue. Were you talking as I was? Were you talking throughout that rant? No, I kind of. I, I only talked a little bit. Okay. Nothing of note. Nothing significant. What do you? How do you feel about my Mo Diggity take overall? I, I tend to agree. Yeah. I don't think these are things that Mo would like deny himself either. I don't think he like is unaware. I just think that these are you know truths about his content and you know uh, regarding his political takes. I don't think he's a human being unworthy of like basic respect. Um, I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's very well intentioned, and I think overall, as far as like ethics go, he he holds you know he's on the right side. But uh, I do take issue with uh, a lot of his political positions, uh, things he says. And yeah, you know, we have our disagreements. I disagree with him a lot, but I don't hate him. Uh, contrary to popular belief, I'm capable of being friendly and respectful among people who I disagree with politically. Wow, really? Yeah. That's crazy. I never have seen that before. <laughs> Anytime. I do it every, every week on this podcast. Yeah, that's a little bit, though. You and Andrew are the only people on this show that I'm like that are like aligned with me politically, and you only because you're fairly, I wouldn't say apathetic, but just like not like super uh, strongly aligned on a lot of political issues. Because I don't think a lot of, I don't think you care or like just know about a lot of the things I know about. In the same way, you know, and that's not that's not an insult. I don't think. I care or know about a lot of things you know and care about. I just think as far as politics go, me and you are naturally more aligned than the rest of the issue crew because there aren't those like hard positions where we disagree. And a lot of that comes from uh, the two of us not caring about things the other person cares about. We have different, uh, you know, different importances. But yeah, who else do I have to talk about? Fucking random candor. He's just he's been on what three episodes total. Yep. That's like I don't I just don't know the guy. You know, um, I know him because every single Monkey Jones podcast where there are questions where there's a question and answer segment uh, for years now, I've heard random candor wants to know. <laughs> you know, it's always random candor, and random candor, and I have been Twitter mutuals for a long time, and I didn't even like put two and two together that the random candor who like followed me on Twitter was the random candor, which and in retrospect was stupid, but like I just never thought about it, and I didn't make the connection until one day I was just listening to a monkey podcast, and then uh, I also got a notification from random candor on Twitter. I was like, wait a minute, why have I never? realized that this very unique username is present in these two different areas of my life. Oopsie. Yeah, I have I have a lot of respect for him. He's uh seem seems like a really smart guy from when I've talked to him. Obviously it hasn't been a whole lot. Um he's a very uh respectful person. Like he's not the type to I wouldn't say he's not the type to argue, but he's not the type to like, you know, like get pissy. 
or he's very uh he's very capable of remaining like neutral in a conversation or you know just just being really respectful and not being super chaotic like the majority of people in the issue crew are and i don't think he's like a dirty fence sitter or anything i think he's just genuinely a very respectable person who has a lot of faith in the people around him and is like very charitable and doesn't you know look down on everybody in spite of him obviously being a very smart person who's capable of a lot of good things um i have a lot of respect for random candor and i can't think of any issues i have with him other than i don't know i mean i guess he's in the monkey jones community so anybody in that community i just normally will just naturally take issue with because i take issue with monkey jones hey i don't think monkey jo- like i don't think monkey jones is a bad person or anything i'm still a fan of him but like i don't i think he's uh my biggest problem with him is that he knowingly uh attracts a fan base of fucking scumbags and you know he he entertains them and not when i say entertains him i mean like he uh what's the word he humors them you know which is yeah. i don't even think is like the worst i don't think it's the worst shit ever and i don't think monkey jones himself is even like i don't even think i really disagree with him on a lot of things i think he's more i think he's not a super political person but he's um just very very edgy and being super edgy with like no uh no real restrictions or you know not hold like being super edgy without holding back at all uh is just a natural it naturally attracts uh kind of some pretty yucky people and he doesn't really uh do anything to distance himself from those yucky people but again that's kind of part of the appeal of him though is that he is uh he's not really a force for good or bad he's just a very chaotic person who's there he's in it for you know he's in the wild ride for just what's entertaining and as an entertainer, I have a lot of respect for him. But, you know, I would just generally uh, like to see people who uh, foster communities of heinous, despicable people to condemn heinous, despicable behavior of their audience particularly. And, you know, I'm talking about Monkey Jones. And all I know about Random Candor outside of the things that I talked about is that he's a fan of Monkey Jones, meaning essentially it's a red flag. But I'm pretty much certain that he's not anything like those people those other people so yeah i've random candor is like the one that i don't have anything bad to say about besides potentially potentially uh there being negative ramifications of being a monkey jones fan but i am a monkey jones fan you know so like i can't i'm not gonna say that being a monkey jones fan is inherently bad because i don't think it is you know it's just that statistically who else? Who else is there? What about you? What about Demi? <laughs> that's right. Is that the one I'm missing? Is there anyone yes. else? I think that's if you're not counting Hartsey and Kathy, then you are it. Um, I'm an asshole, plain and simple. I'm very competitive, Ooh. combative, uh, disrespectful to people. All these, all those traits are things I exhibit among people that I disagree with or take moral issue with, whether it's what they believe in, what they do, what they say. Um, and quite frankly, I think it's uh, 
I don't think it's an inherently bad trait. I don't think hostility is necessarily bad, but it does uh, for other people around me. I can see why it's frustrating. I can see why I totally understand why Riley doesn't like it when I'm I refuse to be in a discord call with people that I consider to be terrible people, even though he I, I, I totally understand when people are like, yeah, who fucking cares? Like, just just be around them. But personally, I just, you know, I am a very morally firm, grounded person and have a difficulty stomaching shit that I don't like, especially when it pertains to my own people, like trans people or LGBTQ plus people. When people are very blatantly homophobic, transphobic or disrespectful to me or other people on the basis of gender or sexual identity. Uh, it's something that I don't even want to engage with or stomach because it's just just yucky and it's upsetting for me personally. Although, I can also acknowledge that they're, human beings are complicated. They're, there's a lot to people beyond this one take that the stars aligned for them to have, you know. I, God knows I've had really bad opinions, uh, but I don't think I was ever like a bad person or somebody who intended to be you know a, a harm to society but yeah that's that's my issue that's i guess that's the flaw i can think of with me and also i don't fucking upload on youtube um uh, i don't commit i don't uh i don't follow through i i should say i don't follow through on my commitments oftentimes related to content and i do have the excuse of being just like on and off suicidal and super depressed and also super busy now with fucking work <laughs> creative block all these things all these things i can point to but at the end of the day i am physically capable of putting out a lot more than i do and it's important to acknowledge that and try to change for the better and i am trying to change for the better and I think it's important to know that you'll always, there's always room for growth. And uh, you should, you know, always keep trying to grow. And I am trying to grow. But uh, yeah, I can also, you know, I can also acknowledge the shortcoming, shortcomings. Me being, you know, currently in a position where I am not following through on some of my commitments, those being to upload content consistently and to uh, just be more of an internet person. But yeah, um, are you like about to pass out, or do you want me to just quickly talk about Heartsy and Kathy? Uh, I am about to pass out. All right, that's fine. Um, Kathy says fucked up things because she's an edge lord and she's stupid, and uh, Heartsy is a really fucking stupid idiot who's delusional. Um, he's really stupid and he's an asshole, and he's like best friends. He's like best friends with literal neo-Nazis who campaigned and rallied online and spammed uh, with the hopes of me committing suicide. So Riley might see this as a freedom of speech issue, but uh, personally, I don't like when people want when people gather, uh, you know, dozens of people to constantly spam me 24-7 uh, telling me to commit suicide because I'm transgender. And generally speaking, I would expect friends of mine to not be friends with people who 
we're like that. I would expect people to, you know, have some humanity. But yeah, though that's what I have to say about Protsy Protsy. And Kathy just says fucked up shit. I don't think she's a bad person. She says fucked up shit and she's doesn't care about content. Like she, you know, she used to come on the issue crew all the time and just fucking what what was the problem last like what was the final straw with Kathy? I don't remember exactly what it was. I think she was it was it was more of like a, a boil over, like it had already been going on. I don't remember the yeah. exact inciting incident, but I know she was like reading a comic book during the podcast once. She was watching yeah. a play during the podcast. And she like was... shit was like coming through her microphone. I think that was the yeah. final blow. Was like she would be playing Crunker or doing some shit and we would just hear like dialogue coming through her microphone that wasn't her or like echo and she just she just refused to do anything about it for like weeks and was just incredibly disrespectful about it and yeah that's my those are my issues with kathy and also obviously she has dumb fucking political opinions because she's a host of the issue crew true huh i said true Oh, I thought you said who. I'm like, no, I said true. True. Yeah. Uh, this has been Demigloom versus the Issue Crew. Thank you all for listening. Demigloom, where can our listeners find you? Um, Listen to Middle School GSA. It's available on all podcast platforms. Um, but uh, it's also on YouTube. It's on YouTube, YouTube and all podcast platforms. YouTube is the best place to listen to it because we've got our comment section. We've got uh, super cool visuals for you guys to, you know, gaze upon. And you can, uh, you know, just it, it's a it's a better platform because that's usually where we get our numbers. We we take we take a look at our YouTube views because our Spotify numbers are Spotify and other platform numbers are so small that they're difficult to analyze. But yeah, so go look up Middle School GSA on your podcast platform or YouTube. It's a weekly podcast hosted by me and my good 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 friend felonius ferris we're both trans and we talk about leftist politics and lgbtq plus related stuff and we've only got like 25 subscribers and we only get like 100 views on every episode so it's we're super small and uh use that to your advantage if you're looking for a new podcast you can comment and we'll definitely read your comment and you know we we just want more we just want more people if you're into like uh lgbtq plus stuff or uh you know left-winged politics or philosophy or ethics or whatever the hell the realm is that you care about check it out it's good uh riley can attest to its quality pretty good it's a good show good podcast yeah um to, to be to be honest i'm proud of middle school gsa i i like to be humble but i'm i think it's a good pod it's a really good podcast and me and felonius ferris uh do a good job keeping it consistent and just you know just putting out a digestible product with uh quality control and uh you know without pokemon showdown gameplay or mm-hmm. awkward silence yeah yeah okay <laughs> the things that i value in content the lack of pokemon gameplay being a top priority go to anchor.fm slash riley mega feed links in the description to every podcast and youtube and twitch and twitter all the things that i do Uh, Thanks for all listening to the show. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.